In today's episode of Regulation Tomorrow Plus, I'm joined by Peter Snowden, Imogen Garner, John Coley and Matthew Gregory. And we are going to discuss the recent speech uh, given by Charles Randall of the FCA on outcomes based uh, regulation. And uh, we're going to sort of discuss uh, the speech and also the broader concepts uh, of outcomes based regulation. So uh, first of all, thank you to everyone uh, for joining me today. Um, Imogen, perhaps we can start with you. What's the kind of broad sort of context uh, of this speech and, and you know, what's, what's, what's Mr. Randall uh, really speaking to here? So, um, thanks, Arup. I mean, I think this is a really interesting speech and that's on, on a lot of levels, actually. The core of it, the idea of outcomes-focused regulation is something that Charles sort of openly acknowledges in the speech is not a new thing. And I think anyone who's been around for a little while is going to recognize that. He's really open about the fact that the FSA, right back at M2, described itself as an outcomes-focused regulator, a new regulator for the new millennium. And since then, of course, what we've seen is things like the financial crisis, various mis-selling issues, and other examples of outcomes that maybe wouldn't have been what the regulators, the market or consumers might think of as the sorts of outcomes and outcomes focused regulator might have had in mind. So a core theme of this speech is both this focus on outcomes, but then how can we make sure that this time it's different? Thank you. Um, and pursuant to that, so you alluded to the fact that, uh, and, and obviously Mr. Randall alludes to the fact that pretty much in the opening paragraph, uh, that this is uh, not something entirely new. Um, so to those ends, uh, Peter, perhaps I could uh, ask you uh, this. Um, what's the kind of history of, of sort of outcomes-based regulation or, or similar incarnations of that? And kind of how has this evolved, um, would you say, over the last sort of 10 to 15 years? Thanks, Arup. As, as Imogen says, it, it really goes back almost to the beginning of, of a sort of modern regulation in the UK with the um, creation of the FSA. And I think to, to start with, and, and I, you know, I, I, sadly, I go back that far, really, and I remember being at the FSA at that time, there was more of a focus, I think, to start with on, on process. And then you gradually saw the development of this idea of um, outcomes-focused regulation. I mean, it was talked about right from the beginning, by the way, as, as, as Imogen rightly points out. But I think it took some time for it to permeate through, through the system. And we see greater emphasis as it, as it goes along on, on things like TCF, treating customers fairly, um, and, and so on. And the, when that first um, became apparent as, as an idea, there was a lot of um, difficulty, I think, for firms to understand what TCF was and, and the approach that the regulators wanted to have. So we see this developing. We see the, um, the old risk visits that the FSA used to run focusing more on outcomes rather than process. And there was a feeling at one time amongst a lot of firms that as long as you had your processes right, uh, you were going to be okay if the, if the regulator paid a visit. And that gradually changed. But as has been mentioned already, of course, things then happened, events happened as, as we know. Uh, and first there was the great financial crisis and really the, the sort of meltdown of, of the regulator at that time and the creation of two new regulators of course, the, the current FCA. We've also seen a problem, I guess, um, with, with COVID, maybe putting the ship a little bit off course. But I think the, the thing to, if I, if I had one sort of overriding message on this is, 
that we've seen this sort of continuous development and where the, whereas there have been the odd storm, um, which has maybe put the ship off course, as I say, we've seen this refocus uh, when the FCA has time, this refocus uh, on, on outcomes. Thank you. Yes, it does. It does certainly seem to sort of represent uh, a, a sort of broad direction of travel. Um, so in, in, in some respects, I suppose that this is uh, no surprise really um, to anyone. But um, perhaps if we can just sort of turn to uh, the sort of uh, some more substantive aspects of Mr. Randall's speech. Um, and towards the end of that speech, he talks about five things that the FCA effectively are going to try and do themselves uh, to sort of try and further uh, an outcomes-based regime. Uh, and uh, one of the first things he mentions there is, is the notion of governance and how important uh, that as an issue is. And John, um, I was wondering if you could uh, perhaps speak to that. Uh, what sort of things is Mr. Mr. Randall talking about there? Yeah, thanks, Arup. I mean, the FCA centrally refers to focusing on customer outcomes in its own governance. And this is precisely what businesses themselves must do. So from a starting point, it's really important that outcomes are specific, measurable, achievable, but also realistic so they can properly be tracked over time. And in terms of how businesses can practically embed an outcomes focus in their own governance, I think they should think of the following three things in particular. So firstly, agreeing a clear vision and culture that their boards want. Boards need to be properly engaged, ensure this is ha happening you know, properly in practice, and also feel the pain if things go wrong. Secondly, businesses need to think about specific outcomes at a product and service level they want to see happening across the customer journey. So in practice, this can mean starting at the end and then working backwards to design a process that should then generate those outcomes. You know, rather than starting with a product or a service itself, and then trying to make it fit customer needs and, and fairness considerations. Thirdly, I think to properly align to good product governance and support around the embedding of this in practice, there should be consideration to aligning performance management and reward processes to those customer outcomes that the organization is seeking to achieve. And the last point I'd, I'd mention, Arif, is that businesses really need to then live this customer culture in practice. So I also have an example I, I come back to in my own mind of a, a firm I did a review on and they you know, told a very good story about how all of their staff have balanced scorecards and think about customers first. But actually, in practice, when you talk to staff on the front line, there was a clear focus on cash collected. And so what you don't want to happen is a, a sort of a dichotomy between what paperwork says and how the business actually conducts itself. I think that's a very, very important point, isn't it? I mean, it needs to be, you know, it, one would assume that uh, in order to sort of further an outcomes based agenda, you know, it needs to be a message that is uh, delivered from the top and is kind of consistent throughout. And uh, uh, and, and sort of a replacement of a kind of box ticking um, approach to, to regulation. Um, if we move on to the uh, other points that Mr. Randall alludes to in his speech, he talks about um, the importance of transparency um, at, at, at the regulator. Uh, Imogen, um, perhaps uh, I could ask you about that. Um, what sort of things is Mr. Mr. Randall saying there? Yeah, so on transparency, um, Charles's comments work at a number of levels, actually. He talks so he starts by talking about the need for the FCA itself to be transparent from the outset about the outcomes it's actually looking for. And firms are going to need to really have their eyes peeled, I think, on all of this, as they do now. 
Um, but, you know, with FCA expectations being conveyed in speeches and the like, and firms being expected to have followed the, these and really taken note, um, then comes in transparency about what then actually happens in the market. So this is where things like post-implementation reviews and thematic reviews come in. This is what tells us what actually happened and were those outcomes actually achieved. And as a result, there's transparency about whether more or a different approaches are needed from a regulatory perspective to move further towards the desired outcomes. There's another example though that he talks about that I think is really interesting. He talks about the payment systems regulator, which at the moment is itself seeking views on whether or not uh, in relation to the publication of the performance of different firms, when they're reimbursing customers who've fallen victim to push payment fraud. And there are some tricky issues here. I mean, of course there are, but fundamentally there are all sorts of challenges in looking at correlations, inferring causation from them. We sort of all know that. But in relation to the specific example of the PSR, Charles makes this really valid point, which is that you could have high levels of customer reimbursement from particular firms, i.e. good, but those might have actually been the firms that the reason for that is because they weren't so great at warning customers about push payment fraud in the first place. So stats taken in isolation don't always tell the full story. I think that's something we all know. And so the challenge for the FCA is kind of what to do, how to rise to the challenge it faces in a context where all of those challenges and complexities are, are very real. Absolutely. And you sort of briefly mentioned about data there and, and obviously data and the use of data and how the FCA wants to use data and how this will again further its agenda is something that that I'm, I'm just going to say Charles as well Imogen so we're, we're all on first name first name terms now but uh, Charles mentions that in his speech as well is there anything that you would want to say about that I mean yes you know data in all this is it's sort of a really necessary evil or maybe it's less that maybe what I mean more to say is that it's something that's vitally important but acknowledged to be pretty imperfect and limited not just the data but how it's collected how it's used even who it's used by so unsurprisingly having an ambitious data strategy is a key part of what the FCA is doing in its transformation program you know, they're looking at things like where are the data gaps? And one example that they give is data gaps in relation to unregulated sectors of the market. Mm. If it's not regulated, the regulator may not have the data about it. And yet there's still a serious risk of harm to vulnerable customers. So is there a move here to extend the arm of data collection? Maybe. And I think that's an interesting move in the context of the FCA. And it's not alone in this among regulators, having faced a really huge challenge in recent years, actually collecting and making sense and real use of all the data it receives as a result of the various post-crisis reforms. So maybe this is quite an interesting area of evolution for the FCA post-Brexit. You know, Is there an opportunity for it to create its own strategy here around what data to collect, how to manage it, focusing on quality over quantity and both in the input and the output? I mean, I think we'll see. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting area indeed. Uh, thank you for that image. And just in the interest of time, I'm going to move on to the last two uh, points of uh, Charles's speech. Uh, and I'm going to ask Matthew uh, about those. So Matthew, um, Charles mentions about the FCA being bold uh, in its outcomes before going on to talk about uh, the role of firms uh, in, in sort of delivering this kind of outcomes-based agenda. I was wondering if you had any thoughts uh, on those last two points. Yeah, thanks, Arup. I mean, starting firstly with this point around the FCA being bold around stating and measuring the outcomes they're seeking. I mean, I, we heard from Imogen and Peter about the 
trajectory of outcomes-based regulation and possibly the move away from, from specific rule, a rules-based approach to regulation. I think what we're seeing here really is the FCA seeking to better articulate the types of behaviour that it expects of firms and the types of outcomes that firms should look to achieve for their customers. And it's interesting that um, Charles refers to the role of the FCA here being bold, and he acknowledges the limits of the regulatory perimeter. And I think picking up that point that Imogen mentioned about the opportunities post-Brexit, you can see here the FCA taking a pretty radical in some places and certainly a a new and holistic approach to, to regulation, particularly for the areas within its, within it, clearly within its uh, perimeter, but even in some cases in connection with unregulated business through the application of the principles, which is something we've seen in the, uh, in the regulated mortgages and consumer credit sector recently. So I do think the, the speeches, as you mentioned very closely, speeches such as this to understand the trajectory here for the regulator because I do think this represents actually quite significant change to the way the regulator will regulate over the course of the next three, five, ten years. Thanks Matthew and thank you to all of our speakers. Um, very interesting discussion there on what is clearly um, a very important topic. So uh, thanks to all of you for listening in and we hope to catch you again soon.